Hi, I'm Brad Constantine, and this is a Come Follow Me podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official podcast of the church, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. This year's study is the Book of Mormon. Each week, a new summary podcast of that week's Book of Mormon chapters will be released. But if you want a more detailed analysis of each individual chapter, those will also be available to listen to. I hope this Come Follow Me resource will be helpful to you. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast so you'll be notified each week of a new episode. I hope you like this uh, format. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be lesson number 11. It'll cover Jacob chapters 1 through 4 for the time frame of March the 9th through the 15th. So let's go ahead and get into this one, uh, beginning with Jacob chapter 1. So we know that uh, Jacob is probably somewhere between the ages of 47 and 55. Uh, Joseph somewhere in between there too. I uh, don't know how old they were exactly, but uh, we know that they were born after they left Jerusalem sometime. And this has been 55 years after that. So the fact that Nephi passes the plates on to Jacob... <clears throat> We don't know what happened to the large plates here. He just mentions the small plates. So we think that maybe the small plates, the religious uh, record goes to Jacob, his brother. And maybe the large plates goes to either a son of Nephi or someone else that's the king. Because we know that Nephi was made king among his people. And that uh, maybe the descendants of Nephi uh, become the, the, the leaders of the people. The descendants uh, become kings. And that maybe they kept the large plates, which were the historical ones, whereas Jacob, being the prophet, kept the, the small plates. Don't know how that was done. We know that the large plates or the small plates don't come back to together with the large plates until we get to King Benjamin and Mosiah. Uh, so we'll find that later on. Uh, but for now, it looks like there's a separation between the large and the small plates. Uh, verse 2, he says uh, that Nephi gave Jacob a commandment to write upon these plates, meaning the small plates, a few of the things which he considered to be most precious and touch, uh, save it were lightly concerning the history, which would be on the large plates of Nephi. So it doesn't mention that Jacob has the large plates, but uh, he does have the small. Uh, he, he mentions in verse 4, if there's preaching that are sacred, to include them on the small plates, <clears throat> and that that's going to be the pattern that they're going to follow after that. Verse 7, wherefore we labor diligently among our people that we might persuade them to come unto Christ. So the whole purpose of the writings in the Book of Mormon is to persuade people to come unto Christ. Verse 8, uh, we persuade all men not to rebel against God, to provoke him to anger, um, but to uh, look at his sacrifice, his death as, um, as helpful to us in overcoming our weaknesses. Verse 10, uh, the people having loved Nephi, having been a great protector for them, saying, uh, having wielded the sword of Laban. So Nephi had the sword of Laban, which seemed to be the symbol of the king. Uh, we don't hear about the sword of Laban again until we get down to Benjamin. Uh, so we think that that might have been held by the king. Uh, verse um, 12, we see here that Nephi passes away um, and that the people that were not Lamanites were Nephites. It's interesting here as we read the numbers or the names of the people here, he, he names Lamanites. Uh, let me go through them. He says Nephites, Jacobites, Josephites, Zoramites, Lamanites, Lemuelites, and Ishmaelites. So he names seven. He doesn't mention Sam and his ites, but he mentions uh, seven. And of course, we know in Hebrew that seven means complete. So he just means that uh, all the people of, of Lehi and all the people of Ishmael are being, are being grouped here. Uh, even though he doesn't list all of them, he names seven, which means all of them anyway. 
but in verse 14, he says, I'm not going to distinguish them by these other names, uh, Josephites or Jacobites or whatever, but rather by Lamanites and Nephites. And uh, it's the people of, that are friendly to Nephi that are Nephites. The people that are opposed to Nephi are going to be the Lamanites. And he says in verse 15 that uh, the people began to, under the second king, uh, and, and this is also named Nephi because they named all their kings Nephi, or at least for a while. Uh, but then they began to have uh, many wives and concubines like Solomon and David. And, uh, and, they, and they sought after much gold and silver in verse 16. Uh, but then Jacob says that I, as I received my, uh, my commission here, I'm going to go to the temple and do some teaching. So again, this has got some uh, imagery of the temple, meaning uh, Feast of Tabernacles, uh, Yom Kippur time, uh, Day of Atonement. Uh, he's calling people to repentance. So th this is not just a random haphazard, let's go to the temple thing. This is a, a thing that's been well planned out and, and is something that happens uh, regularly. And so this is the time that they go to the temple to do this. Uh, verse 19, he mentions about magnifying their office. Um, verse 18, he mentions that they consecrated priests and teachers. So that means that they must have had priesthood keys to be able to do that, uh, to be able to ordain others. Uh, so their Nephi probably passed that down to his brother Jacob, who then passed it on to those beyond him. Verse 19 talks about magnifying our callings and that we need to be doing that so that we are spotless at the last day. <clears throat> Verse 2, uh, Jacob is denouncing um, the seeking of, of riches. In verse 2, he mentions going again to the temple. And I mentioned that's temple imagery and, and Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles. And then in verse uh, 5, he says, Hearken unto me and know that by... The help of the Spirit, by the by the all-powerful Creator, I am able to discern your thoughts. I know what you're thinking, uh, and that sin appears very abominable to me, and uh, and I need to to teach against that. It grieveth me that I must be must use so much boldness of speech. Um, wherefore it burdeneth my soul. He mentions in verse nine that I should be constrained because of the strict commands that I've received, uh, but notwithstanding the greatness of the task, I must do it. He says in verse 11, I must tell you the truth so that you can repent. Uh, this is the word which I declare unto you, that many of you have begun to search for gold and silver and all manner of precious ores. And by the hand of providence, he has smiled upon you and given you those things. Um, but you're using that to persecute your brothers. And that's the that's one of the things that he has against them. Uh, verse 17, think of your brethren like unto yourselves and be familiar with all and free with your substance. Uh, but before you seek for riches, he says, seek for the kingdom of God. And after you've obtained a hope in Christ, um, then you can um, feed the naked and clothe the sick. And or I said that wrong. Clothe the clothe the naked and feed the sick and those that uh, need help with your resources and so on. Then um, he talks also about crime, but or about pride. But then he says in verse 22, he says, if this was all that you had, if this was your only concern was about pride and about your wealth, I'd I'd really think you're doing well, but I have other things that are even grosser crimes to talk to you about. And that is that they're committing whoredoms and they're having wives and concubines like unto David. So that as they read the scriptures and they thought that that'd be okay to do, they're starting to practice that, but they didn't understand the concept here. And in verse 27, he says, hear me and hearken to the voice of the Lord, for there shall not any man among you have, save it be one wife and concubines, he shall have none. So this is the general rule 
uh, among the saints of God, among the church of God, among the people of God, unless commanded otherwise. So when Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and other prophets have more than one wife, it's because they were commanded so to do. And uh, But that's not the general rule. Uh, 28, I, the Lord, delight in the chastity of women. He also means men as well. And whoredoms are an abomination before me. Uh, wherefore, keep the commandments and or the land's going to be cursed for your sake. Uh, so he's talking about here the importance of chastity and, and fidelity in marriage and not having more than one spouse. We know from the proclamation that uh, it says that, the, that one man and one woman, and that's, that's the requirement. That's the, <clears throat> that's the general rule. So anytime that there's uh, more than one husband or wife uh, in this situation, it's because the Lord has commanded it. He mentions in verse uh, chapter 3 that the Lamanites are more righteous than the Nephites because they don't have multiple wives. They, they just have one. And it mentions in, in verse, um, in chapter 3, he talks about in verse, uh, uh, let's see, verse 6. Uh, no, verse 7, Behold, their husbands love their wives, and their wives love their husbands, and their husbands and their wives love their children. And because of that, they won't be destroyed. Whereas if you, you guys are continuing in iniquity here, you're going to be wiped out if you're not careful, so knock it off. <clears throat> uh, in verse 11, he says, uh, I hearken unto my words, arouse the faculties of your souls, shake yourselves, <clears throat> that ye may awake from the slumber of death. So don't uh, don't continue in sin because Satan's carefully leading you down to hell. He says in verse 13, a hundredth part of the proceedings of this people we can't write because they just don't have the ability on these plates to write all that stuff. <clears throat> and so they're just getting a very abbreviated version here. Chapter 4, uh, all the prophets worshipped the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, verse 4, he says, for this intent have we written these things that we might believe in Christ that we know of him. We have a hope of his glory many hundreds of years before his coming. And not only we ourselves have a hope, but also all the prophets before us. Uh, verse five, behold, they believed in Christ and worshiped the father in his name. And also we worship the father in his name. And for this intent, we keep the law of Moses it pointing our souls to him. So they understood better than the Israelites, uh, the purpose of the law of Moses, that it was to point them to Christ. Um, and they keep it only because that's the, because they've been commanded to keep it. Um, but they know that the atonement of Christ is what's going to save them, not these outward performances that they're doing, even though they do them. Okay, down to verse uh, 10, he says, Wherefore, seek not to counsel the Lord, but to take counsel from his hand. For behold, ye yourselves know that he counsels in wisdom and in justice and in great mercy. Be reconciled unto him through the atonement. Uh, the atonement is used numerous times in the Book of Mormon. It's only used once in the New Testament. Uh, it's used a few hundred times in the Old Testament. But uh, uh, here he's using the word atonement, which means to reconcile. Uh, he mentions uh, that reconciliation means to, um, to sit down with Abraham, to return to God, to sit down again with God um, as, uh, as we once did. Uh, verse 13, uh, the Spirit speaks truth. It speaks of things as they really are and as they will be. Uh, and then in verse uh, 14, don't look beyond the mark. Don't look past what the, what the atonement is, uh, but look to God and live. Um, and then in verse 16, according to the scriptures, this stone shall become the great and the last and the only sure foundation, meaning Jesus Christ, that he's the rock upon which we need to build. 
and uh, and have our sure foundation. Um, he, he gives allusion here to also um, he, he start he'll he'll start in the next chapter to talk then about the the olive tree, the allegory of the olive tree, which kind of explains a little bit more about this. I bear testimony to the truth of the Book of Mormon and these things that we have, and say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.